Happening, you weren't ready. I was ready, but I didn't know you hit. I that. <laughs> nope. Dead okay. Simba. That. Well. <laughs> hey. Yep. What's happening, weirdos? It's we made it weird. Forty-seven. Ah, oh, forty-seven. This is the Hitman episode. Ooh. What does that mean? Agent forty-seven. <laughs> oh. I mean, come on. Okay. Come on. <laughs> Agent 40, you don't, every, everybody knows Agent 40. Of course, and I am one of those people. <laughs> You're a true delight, and I love you every day. Um, this, this is a silly one. This is like a no deep thoughts. Yeah, it was. Well, we didn't intend for, in fact, I've been reading a great book. Uh, I sort of regret the title because it's, it sounds like something we would have read in church, but it's called Thank God for Evolution, and I'm loving it. Mm-hmm. It's just about the cosmic... The way the cosmos works in this sort of death and resurrection model, it's really interesting and really hopeful. And despite the title, it's actually not super spiritual or, or it's definitely not religious. It's it's certainly spiritual, but I'm loving it. So we've been having like chats that were deep kind of privately, I suppose. But then by the time we sat down to do this episode, we're so happy to be away from uh having to, you know, Have be parents a break. Yeah. and and watching for someone's safety in a pool and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> and now we're finally together and we just wanted to be silly billies. Yeah. So I think it's a little bit shorter than usual and and definitely a lot sillier. Yeah, this is very light. This is like listen to it while you're like, you know, shopping or like <laughs> I don't know about that. It's also I think it's really funny. <laughs> Meaning if you're shopping, you might start laughing at some pretty premium poopy jokes. <laughs> it's a very um Fecal. <laughs> There's a lot of fecality and a lot of laughs. We laugh so hard and we tell a story about going to see whale sharks, which was way funnier than I even remembered. <laughs> and recap just the entire com- episode. I know. I just say everything we did. And I cover our bases by doing a good reading from the Universal Christ. So there's some good, there's some nutrition in there as well, or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Get the fuck about it. I'm not going to say into <laughs> it, it yet. Because, because we're not it, done with this intro. Well, if you like these episodes, if you like the show in general and you want to show your support, try a Pete's Pick. Like Everlane. Everlane. I did that last time. You can do that. I know. Everlane. What does that mean? It's Evermore from the Foo Fighters. Evermore. I think it's called Evermore. Evelyn. <laughs> I bought my jacket there. Yeah. Yeah, hard to find. Hard to find a jacket that fits me well. And I wonder how I get a denim jacket that fits so good. (laughs) Did you think it ever fit this well forever? Yes, that was it. Do you think it ever fit this well again? Actually, I don't because I buy two of them. If I get a jacket... That I like, as I did at Everlane. Yep. Which is not only an incredible high quality clothing store, but an ethical, meaning ethical factories, and they're very ethical about sh- being transparent about their markups. Yeah. It's like such a, I guess it's, it just feels like the most modern approach to clothing. Yeah. And I've been looking for a good, I'm a jacket guy. If I get a jacket I like, I will wear that jacket every day. And Everlane had a blue denim jacket that I am obsessed with. And that I'm also obsessed with. That's your favorite. And I got the same jacket in black. Mm -hmm. And I love it. It's totally... And I love it so much, I bought two of them because I'm like, I need this jacket for the rest of my life. That's Everlane, baby! I think it's safe to say it has leveled up probably at least two clicks your whole style. I agree. Because I'm kind of... 
Richard Rohr said, you dress like a schlub. <laughs> frumpy, I think. Oh, yes. frumpy, frumpy. Yes. Because he was trying to figure out my Enneagram. But I wasn't wearing my Everlane because I, I, I didn't bring it with me on that trip. Like a real piece of crap. Yeah. But Everlane wants you to think about what warm weather pleasures you appreciate most. Maybe it's swimming with a whale Real shark. shark. <laughs> Maybe it's simple things like enjoying an iced coffee or a big scoop of vanilla ice cream or wearing a classic white t-shirt. We know that some of the greatest pleasures in life are also the simplest, like a good fucking denim jacket. Yep. It's simple, but if you get a good one from Everlane, puts you in a good fucking mood. <laughs> That's why Everlane makes premium quality essentials that complement every, every wardrobe, every wardrobe at a more transparent, affordable price. Um, they make quality clothing, as I said, with ethical factories and radically transparent pricing since 2010. They do extensive research and vetting to use factories with good practices that provide fair wages and reasonable hours to their skilled people who craft their I'm going to say amazing clothing, timeless designs, and the finest sustainable materials so you can wear them for years to come. Most retailers hide their markups. I've never seen this before. Everlane believes their customers have the right to know how much their clothes cost to make and what the difference is in what they're paying. In fact, they share exactly how much their products cost at each stage. At each stage of production, they let you know, if, and that just makes a much better shopping experience. You know you're not getting ripped off, and you know the factories aren't ripping off their workers. It's wonderful. Everlane has everything you need to upgrade your spring uh, or summer, as the case may be, uniform, whether you're going out on the town with friends or just having a quiet movie night with the fam. From workout to takeout, swimwear to trackwear, styles for lounging at home or hitting up your favorite late-night spot, their breathable organic cotton Trackwear gives an elevated take on tried and true basics and get a head start. Well, it's, I don't know what it says head start. It get into your summer look with an <laughs> Everlane sustainable swimwear collection made from, get this, almost 14,000 pounds of recycled plastic. Obviously, they have incredible stuff uh, for tops, bottoms, men and women. And Everlane partners with the best and most eth ethical factories in the world. So it's a fit to feel good about. And they accept returns within 30 days of the ship date, and all uniform clothing comes with a one-year guarantee. So it's an easy and fun way and a great-looking way to show your support of the show. Go to everlane.com slash weird and sign up for 10% off your first order plus free shipping and get easy returns within 30 days of your of your ship date. That's 10% off your first order when you go to everlane.com slash weird and sign up. Everlane. <laughs> Everlane. Everlane. That's my tops. Let, well, let's talk about on it. One of our longest standing Pete's picks is Alpha Brain by On It. Alpha Brain is a nootropic. I'm always, I've actually told people on this trip about On It yeah. and how much it's changed my life. For the past six years, I've always had a bottle of Alpha Brain in my car. I have loose pills in my pockets, of my jacket, of my pants. I have it in my office. I have it in the house. I take it before I work. I take it before podcasts, before stand up, before writing. Uh, and before dates. Sometimes mm -hmm. I've taken it on days like we talk about these whale sharks. I'll take some alpha brain because when don't I want my brain functioning so I can remember, so I can experience, so I can be present, so I can be creative, so I can have full access to my communication skills and my language. I love it. 
It helps with memory and focus. It is earth-grown ingredients. It is not a stimulant like caffeine. It doesn't get your blood all jacked up. It just gives your brain the nutrition that it needs to function properly. And for the, like I said, for the past six years, I've sworn by it. It is a huge, huge help. I wish I knew about Alpha Brain when I was in college, but I'm so glad I know about it now. We had it in the writer's room at Crashing. I will have it in the writer's room of any project I do from here on out. So many fans, weirdos, have come up to me and shown me their loose Alpha Brain in their pockets because once you start, it's really, really hard to go back. It's not, it's not addictive in any way. It's just once you get that feeling of my brain has the sustenance it needs to function, you don't want to go back. So the best way to see if it works for you as well as it does for me is to give it a try. And when you're giving it a try, you'll be showing your support of this podcast. And it's simple. Go to onnit, O-N-N-I-T dot com slash weird. And you'll get 10% off everything on that landing page. I believe New Mood is also on that landing page. Love which is New a Mood. Wonderful supplement that they also make that is a wonderful mood stabilizer. And also... Uh, Alpha Brain. So go to onnit.com slash weird for 10% off and show your support of this podcast. Last but not least, we talked about my favorite jacket. Let's talk about the perfect jean. The perfect jean, as you know, I hate a hard pant. I don't understand why we can't just give in and as a society agree to wear stretchy ass pants. Well, the problem is they don't look very good. Enter the motherfucking perfect jean. <laughs> great look, great fit, and super soft and flexible fabric that looks so good no one needs to know. I was tired of wearing yoga pants in public like I was Sting or Phil Collins. I couldn't pull it off, but I love soft pants so much I would try. Now I have the perfect jean. They look fantastic and they don't restrict my ding dong like I owe it my, like it owes me money. <laughs> They're my favorite pants. I haven't taken them off since I uh, since they arrived. I don't sleep in them, but I absolutely could. They're PJ soft, and they're made from premium stretch fabric. That's 2% spandex, 2.5% rayon for extra comfort and movement that your man parts require. These jeans stretch so your nuts ain't crushed, thereby providing the only true home for your bone. They're super soft, made from the best possible quality materials, specialized washing so your jeans feel literally as soft as a baby's butt. You may even forget that you're wearing pants and they're constructed utilizing the highest quality materials and sewing techniques to provide you with a product that is built to last. And best of all, they're not khakis. Fuck your khakis. Fuck your khakis. Fuck your khakis and spare your nuts. The perfect jean for the perfectly imperfect men, just 60 bucks when you use promo code WEIRDO. You want to say that one? Weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> like you're my hostage. Uh, weirdo code at checkout. So liberate your lower limbs with the one and only perfect gene. Whether you're working with lemons or lentils, a three-leaf clover, or a big old honking eggplant, the perfect gene has you covered. Take a peek at theperfectgene.nyc. That's theperfectgene.nyc code weirdo for 25% off at checkout and show hey, your support that's of a this fourth. show. That's a fourth. <laughs> Thank you, my love. <laughs> Guys, this is such a silly one. It's absolutely what I needed. As always, I feel better uh, when we're done chatting, when we're done laughing. It always lifts my mood, and I really hope it does the same for you guys. And we have some really lovely poems sent in by you guys. Yeah. Which, keep sending those poems. We love it. All right. Mother fucking get into it. Oh, it's really sweet. You hear it? We're recording. Oh. <laughs> oh shit! Okay, let's do it. Hi, welcome to KBBL in the morning. KBBL is from The Simpsons. K Babble. 
Welcome to KBBL in the morning. I am Roy, and this is Chiquando. <laughs> Chiquando, I guess. Oh my god! <laughs> I, I wish I could do like a radio personality, but you have way more experience. Doing do I? Yeah, didn't you? You? I've been on tour. Do with you. I? <laughs> I've been on tour with you before, where you go and do a lot of like. Radio. You always have to get at like six thirty. It's in the, morning. the worst. And it's like I it's the worst. I actually do have like a real disdain for people who are very loud in the morning. Yeah, radio let DJs. Me tell, let me let me let me tell you something. <laughs> what if it's this? Um, when I my first job, well. My second job, but the first like real job in the secular world uh, was at a coffee shop, as you know, called Jitterbean. 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 Shout out to Jitterbean. Jitterbean. Hungry, hungry hopper. (laughs) (laughs) I used to have a manager that would say that when the, when the like coffee beans were too low in the grinder. And sometimes the coffee beans are low in our grinder at home. And I go, hungry, hungry hopper. And you go, oh, please don't say that. I know. Because it takes you back. It does. Got time to lean. You got time to clean. Oh my God. Did she say that too? Yes. That's a that's like a thing. Hungry, hungry hopper has got to be an original. Yeah, I guess that was Diane Brooke. Brooke, (laughs) but she was great. Brooke could go either way. She was great. Diane could go either way. Yeah, that's true. Diane Keaton, Diane Lane. Yeah, the 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 famous Dianes have done a lot for the Diane brand. Yeah, that's true. The Diane Disney. Oh wow! Oh wow! (laughs) I love that. Oh wow! Um, Keep going, you're jitterbean, you're fucking drinking free fucking coffee. <laughs> yep. You're eating fucking free muffins that you wrote in the law in the ledger that they fell on the ground, but no, no they didn't. We got a free because they were very generous. They were my my friend's parents, and it was a great first job. All my friends worked there. Um, and we you would get I think free coffee the entire t- shift. And you would get one free pastry, but you kind of had to wait. Like you couldn't eat it. Well, coffee, I yeah. Like you had to wait until like the morning rush, and then just take whatever was left over. Yeah, you can't get first dibs on the sweet, sweet paste. Yeah, but what I was gonna say is, like, we were drive-through, known for our customer service, and like you, we were supposed to be really like high energy. Yeah. At least at the location I was in. There was Nobody can be like, welcome to Jitterbean. <laughs> Is that you? But you like, if you opened the shop, you had to be there by 5.15, I think. Mm. So you'd have to wake up at the latest at 4.45 in the morning. Brutal. And I just like would go, I would get in and I would put on like Nora Jones. <laughs> That's too relaxed. And I had to. You're supposed to put it on Alien Ant Farm. That's the story, (laughs) is that I needed like a good two hours at least where I was listening to Nora Jones like to ease in. Oh, yeah. And I got scolded a couple times because I needed to be putting on- By Diane? No. Oh, Brooke. But not even Brooke. I'm not going to say names. Name jitter names. And they were right. Like that wasn't on brand with the coffee shop, but I couldn't- I hated that I had to put on loud, upbeat music so early in the morning. And I still oh, resent forget it. it. Forget so it. this is what goes back to the radio show. Like, I resent people who are too loud in the morning. <laughs> yeah. 
Chico and the boy. Except for you. I guess you are the only I've gotten less loud because we did, Val and I are still in Mexico. Val and I have met so many wonderful people. (laughs) Oh my God. That we sort of feel bad about what we said last week. Whoops. We'd like a little tixie boxy. Not really. I feel like the the good folks emerged. Like any 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 hotel situation, it's always going to be a rotating (gasps) TV show idea. At a hotel, faulty towers. Uh, uh, always, uh, white people in a resort, white lotus. White lotus, yeah, <laughs> which we haven't seen yet, but we want to. Yeah. But anyway, we've met so many wonderful families. We met a wonderful family from Ghana. We met, met a wonderful family from, from Brazil. Brazil. A couple wonderful families from Brazil. So it's just like, I mean, it's just how the human brain works. I think you're you get to a place. And you're making, you're in that dualistic brain. Yeah, you're, and you're trying going to like, make yourself feel safe. Exactly. And, you, and you're making more judgments. And maybe, I don't think those beautiful, sweet families were there when I was noticing the Harvey Weinstein, the Huts, and their beautiful... Yeah, it was almost like it shifted. It, it shifted. really did. There was, but, a t- there was a sea change. Can I say one thing about what you said? Yeah. I used to set, I thought this was brilliant. In college, I had a CD alarm clock because I have $57. <laughs> it was probably more than that. CDs were not cheap in the 1970s. <laughs> I burned myself. I burned myself. I would set my alarm to wake up to like, uh, you're never there by cake. Is that uh-huh. what they're called? Cake? Yeah, cake, but I'm not familiar with that song. Unless You're never there on the phone, long, long distance, always through such strong resistance. And then they play a phone. They go, do, 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 do. It's about like, it's about someone that's too obsessed with their girlfriend or boyfriend and they keep calling them and they're like, uh-huh. You're not there. You're not there. Wow. And the guy from Cake was like, Guys, let's put down the pastries and write a jam. So I would <laughs> put on. And they said strawberry jam. Oh my Jesus! If ever I've loved the because everyone knows the guys of cake were obsessed with desserts. <laughs> they love desserts. I wonder what it really was. It was probably like you know the resin in the bowl gets caked in there, so you smoke the cake. If we saw how every band name, if we saw the moments, like when I would say the days that they were considering all the different band names, yes, and the moment that they decided on the band name they chose, we would hate everything. You'd band see how name. stupid it was because they were like you three. Yeah, no, no, no you like, four, because there's four of five. <laughs> there's five of you five. Or somebody that's was funny, like, you five. I love you, Bono. And he was like, you too. And he's like, you're that's always, it. You found it. You're always 30% funnier than I me. just spent so much time because my brother was always in bands, like trying to help him think of band names. And it always ended up being just like, like I saw one of the, this was really one of his band names. I was like. Maybe like a C.S. Lewis book. Like, okay, maybe like Narnia. No, that's like two on the nose. Maybe like, um, you know, a wardrobe. No, nobody will get that. Oh, and like you're searching through the, yeah. his different works sure. and you're like Don Treader. 
That's cool. Don Treader. <laughs> and it just takes all the mystery out of it, which is the only thing that band names have going for them is I like, think, how'd you think of that? Narnia is cool, but I think it's just because it's like Nirvana. I remember the guy from Bush. They were like, why are you called Bush? And he was like, well, yeah, you know, men and women both have Bush. Like they have Bushes. <laughs> Nuh-uh. He did not say that. Guys, has got a machine head, if you ask me. A radio head. Radiohead is the best band name That's of all the best time, band and, I, and I will take, I'll die on that hill. No, you're right. That's the only one that even, like, even if you saw when they thought of it, you'd be like, and that was, that was yeah. a cool moment. Well, they were, <laughs> I picture the whole band sitting on a couch in Yorkshire. <laughs> in and, Tom York. In Tom Yorkshire. And Tom York is standing shirtless. Yeah. Uh, he has several, like, studded belts. It, and his it was, pants it was are the low. They're low. Like, you're almost seeing his pew. You're not seeing his because he's wearing like almost yellowed but stylish yellowed underwear. They look like shipwreck ship, <laughs> ship shipwreck chic. Like it's an intentional. They're yellow, but not like from anything gross. From like somehow like cigarette smoke stain. That's what I mean. <laughs> These are actually stained by Winston Churchill. You know what I mean? It's his cigar smoking. He blew his cigar smoke into me into me undies. <laughs> what do they call them? Trousers? No. Um, me, long, me, me short johns. <laughs> no. You wear long johns. I wear short johns. Okay. And bloomers. he's he's pacing my bloomers. Very good. Mm. He's pacing back and forth, and every once it's dead silent. Every once in a while, the bass player will be like, uh, "Broken, broken bottle." No. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then and then they wait for it to start raining, and then they go, oh, Radiohead, and it. <laughs> I when, and they went cheers. I did uh, when we did the show with uh, Chris Martin. I said, "What's Coldplay mean?" And she was like, "I don't know." This was wait, uh, she who his assistant or somebody that oh. worked with them, mm-hmm. and but they told me that Coldplay used to be called Starfish, and I was like, "What a difference a name makes!" Yeah, same songs. Yeah, and they're called starfish. Is it? I, I mean, you can't. You can't. You can't. You can't they're really. un, they're. You've chose a band you who's can't. undeniable. Yeah, you can't. Like you, if could, it you were, could be called chocolate starfish, and you'd still be <laughs> so like everybody Look would love. at the stars. <laughs> Look at the shine. Bright. I couldn't do it. Yeah, because because they're so yeah, talented. They're very talented. <laughs> Um, well, listen, I wanted to say that you two, U is the 21st letter of the alphabet, plus two is 23. I learned that from the movie 23. Really? That movie seemed so awful to me. It was bad. I, I think hate- I, I think even Jim Carrey is like, it didn't really come out how we want it. <laughs> you just like, what if we make a movie who's obsessed with a numerology. You like, know what it that was? That like the worst thing I could ever watch. <laughs> it, well, it was a great trailer mm. because the earth spins on an axis of 23.5 degrees. Mm-hmm. And this is where the buy comes in. Five is two plus three. That's mm-hmm. a bit of a buy. What's really more interesting is I think the axis has shifted slightly, meaning before there was life on the planet, I think it was maybe at a perfect 23, uh-huh. and then it shifted 0.5, but that, that's not, that doesn't help us. But then there, there's like crazy 9-11 ones, 9-11 plus 2 and yeah. 1. I mean, I've had a numerology reading, and I found it very interesting doesn't make a good movie. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It was a good trailer. Yeah. And then you watch the movie, and you're like, 
I just wanted a bunch of 23 facts. Yeah. I feel like it was before you could just go on YouTube and be like, blow my dick off with like satanic imagery in the Taco Bell logo. <laughs> and that, and those videos are dick blowing. <laughs> but those they're are about, real dick blowers? They're real dick blowers, but they're about three minutes long. Yeah. And then that movie was like, we have some really interesting 23 facts. And then we're going to like, it's like a huge plate. Yeah. A, hu- a plate the size of like a child's swimming pool. Okay. And in the middle of the plate is three <laughs> English peas. Uh-huh. The English peas are the 23 facts, but then you're left with a huge plate of a movie. <laughs> and you're like, we're learning right. about his love interest and his paranoia. And like, there's a weird third act where he's digging his own grave. And you're just like, make with the 23 facts. <laughs> yeah. And those are all in like the first 10 minutes or something. Really? So that's my tip. Movie 23. Watch the first 23 minutes. <laughs> wow. Maybe they intentionally did that. That would be brilliant. Whoa. Now we're real stoner um, boners. Anyway, yeah. What were you saying? We are be- we're still in Mexico. Oh, right. We feel I, bad for no, our judgment. I, I would we were- set my alarm not to cake. Oh, yeah. I, because in the morning, music sounds so much faster. Yes. You could put on cake and it would be a nightmare if it's mm-hmm. the first thing you're hearing yeah it's a nightmare some people are listening saying pete it's a nightmare whenever you listen to it <laughs> and you know who's saying that the lead singer of cake because he's a self-deprecating <laughs> so i thought it was brilliant that i would start my i'd set my alarm clock to like a sleepy song. Yes. I have like a playlist. I used to. So it would be like Sarah McLaughlin mm-hmm. Angel. Mm-hmm. So you could kind of sleep through the first song. This is what the slow rise apple alarm is. As I love soon, slow rise. Absolutely. Love yourself. Choose slow rise. As soon as on my, not Nokia, it was like the Sprint Silver Flip Flow, Flip Flown? The Flip Flones. The Sprint Silver Flip Flow. <laughs> I would like a silver flip flop. Fuck. He has, um, a, he has a crush on the girl at the AT&T store. Oh, God. Hi, Fury. Could I please have a silver looking fuck fuck phone? No shit on a dick. <laughs> and he has a cartwheel at the store. Um, it was my first cell phone, and it was like you would flip it, and it would go bring, and then you flip it down, and it would go brung, and I would just flip it. I was, of course. like, obsessed with that. Um, it was the first, what's the, those things, fidget. It's like a fidget spinner. Yeah. Yeah. The flip phones were the delight of everyone with mild OCD. Yeah. Or just like a compulsive desire for digital stimulation, Ooh. meaning your digits. <laughs> and the phone is digital. Yes. A I, double meaning. I've told this before, but I was at an audition and it was like one of those cattle calls. It was like everybody was at this audition uh-huh. and there was this guy and he was checking the time on his flip phone, I'm going to say every 32 seconds. Oof. And we were all nervous, mm-hmm. and none of us got it. <laughs> 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 I'm going to speak for everybody. I didn't get it, so no one got it. <laughs> but I, de- I would bet a lot of money that flip phone flip guy did not get it. Like he, didn't, yeah. he lost it on the ride to the game. You know what yes, I mean? Yes, yeah. Like you don't have it. If you're, if, it's unfortunate. And I understand. I've had a lot of auditions where I lost it on the ride to the game. But uh, everybody in that room knew old flip phone. Unless it was for like a, a Woody Allen type. I can't stop flipping my phone. <laughs> I got nothing. Um, 
Okay, so anyway, I had that. that <laughs> <laughs> okay. oh, oh my God, Val, that's what we should share. Check, please, is the funniest oh, yeah. joke of Let's all time. Let's say you were saying the, like... Check, the, please, is the funniest joke whoever, of all time. Like, it's these jokes that have just become such cliches, but the first person who did it was so funny. Check, Check please. please, is the man. Someone is the goes man. like, I think we should talk about having another baby. <laughs> Check, please, is so funny, brilliant. And also another one that we both love... Time. time to get a watch. What time? Is it? I'll, I'll do the setup. Hey, what time is it? Time to get a watch. Time to get a watch. So funny. I love time to get a watch. I love how's the weather up there. How's I'm the a tall guy. How's the weather up there? <laughs> it's great. You see me. It's partly cloudy up here. <laughs> Two, you should see the other guy is a fucking... Oh. And you know what I like about you should see the other guy? You're humiliated. You have a black eye. Like yes. you're in a low status yes. position. So it begs, Valerie. It begs a joke. <laughs> yes. And that, that's it, it needs to be addressed. This is like the best function of jokes. Mm-hmm. It's like something's happened. Mm-hmm. You need to address it. And addressing it is low status to be like, I walked into a door mm-hmm. or I lost a fight. That's mm-hmm. sad. So you're reclaiming the power and yes. saying you should see the other guy. Also a joke, like making a joke when no one expects you to make a joke Brilliant. is so great. Brilliant. Um, I just remembered this and I think we've discussed this before, but it, we didn't discuss it last night when we were talking about all of this. The first person who did pull my finger. Pull my finger is a, is a masterwork. <laughs> if, master if he had patented it. And been like, yeah. only yeah. I can do it. Or imagine if he had done it on some sort of special. It would have been like a comedy record. Mm-hmm. Hey, Jim, pull my finger. Why? Just grab my finger and give it a little tug. What are you saying? Just do it, please. All right. On three. One, two, three. Oh, my God. I was not expecting that. I call it the pull my finger gag. Can anyone do it? They sure can, but not without crediting T.T. Whitebird. T.T. Whitebird's Pull My Finger Routine. (laughs) Try it with children, but also occasionally do it with your wife while you're watching The Crown. But be sure to say T.T. Whitebird. Pull my finger. One, two, three. (laughs) Oh, no, I shit. Oh, no, I shit. (laughs) T.T., promise me you'll cut this out of the record. (laughs) <laughs> Promise me you won't record this and ending release this on the record. This is humiliating and I'm not wearing underwear, so it's traveling the long, slow brown roll down my roly-poly legs. Titi, stop saying this. It's a record. If you had been silent, we thought we, we, we just would have thought it was a juicy fart. Titi Whitebird's always honest about when he shits his pants. Ask my lovers. <laughs> oh my god, I was the whole time picturing it like being cut into vinyl, you know? Like, yes, it was being recorded into vinyl. Like oh, we can, we can. These are being pressed as we speak. Speaking of pressed, I just sat down in my own shit. I have a shit molding of my ass cheeks and my upper thigh. T.T. Whitebird. Stop saying your name. No one would know it was you if you would just stop saying your name. It's on the record. Just own it. He's saying his own name. Oh, T.T. Whitebird. He's saying his own name. From now on, oh my God, guys, everyone listening, we are part of this, this, this small community, small globally speaking. It's tiny. But 
I think it would it would make everyone listening very happy if someone would pledge if you shit your pants <laughs> at any time. And I'm I'm taking the pledge too. If you shit more than a more than just kind of like a little. I'm talking about like a <laughs> Save yourself by going, oh, T.T. Whitebird, and and just write into the show, and we'll read it on the air with your real name, so your shame will be great. Oh, my God. Have you been friends? Like, there are just people on the planet that shit their pants more, I mean, more than normal, which to me is any amount. It's like handedness. Some yes. people are right-handed. Some people are left-handed. Some people are pants shitters. Yeah. Some people aren't pants shitters. I'm not a pant. I'm no. not a real pants shitter. What do you mean a real? I don't think I ever have in my entire life. I've, I've told all these stories on the pod before, but the first night, there was one night I was in my college dorm room before Chuck got there. That was my roommate, and I only had one night to try and figure out how to connect my like shit shit computer to the internet Mm -hmm. and I was trying and I was trying and I was trying and this is before any of us knew anything now we would know like well what's the IP address and call tech support like no one was there to help me I'm just basically plugging that giant phone cable into my computer and trying to get online so I could look at pornography American Mm -hmm. pornography Mm -hmm. Uh, and I was sitting at the computer so long and I didn't want to waste a moment so I waited to the absolute last second and felt just, just a cocoa pebble roll down my leg. <laughs> I, I almost made it to the bathroom, but one, I'm the master rapper and I'm here to say I love Fruity Pebbles in a major way, but Coco <laughs> oh rolled down my leg. And I was pretty much alone. So like if you shit your pants alone, it's like throwing up alone. Those things are only embarrassing because someone can see. Yeah, but, Although shitting but your also pants is, shitting yeah, your pants shitting because your pants. you're so desperate to watch pornography. American is- pornography. American pornography is very, that's, uh, that's just kind of like a perfect shame storm. Oh, for sure. <laughs> but let, now that we're saying it, I was in the focus bubble, right? Yeah. I was so, and human beings can get that way, like so obsessed with a task mm-hmm. that it was actually the anxiety reducingness of single pointed focus. Mm. It wasn't just the pornography sure. that was going to relieve Probably my constant anxiety, mm. being a new kid at school and all that stuff. But it was the search was better than any picture of sure. boobs could ever be. But to that, how many times do you think Nikola Tesla shit his pants? <laughs> it has to be in the double digits. You think a man sitting with a coil producing light and a mm. pen, and he's right, and he's about to figure out like cold fusion or like free energy for everyone. Either he had one of those old wooden chairs that had a carving out for a poop poop, and this is just like left out at the Tesla Museum. He can't be getting up. His brain needs to stay focused. Elon Musk is probably shooting out some some chair turds. Yeah. Well, you actually had a bit about that. I did. (laughs) I did. I've thought of this before. I did. I was just thinking like, what beautiful saints our listeners are that like... How like I'm just thinking like if <laughs> if you listen to this podcast, what are the chances that you're into like Richard Rohr and embodiment and will listen to 30 minutes on shitting your pants? Who doesn't? I don't know. Okay, so Richard Rohr is all about the real. 
<laughs> when I was with Richard Rohr, we were talking about the book, The Denial of Death, and how in the book, The Denial of Death, he calls human beings gods who shit. Oh, that's funny. Which is a great line. Gods who shit. Yeah. And that's what we are. So, like, even though it's absurd and, and gnarly and a little bit nasty to talk about pooping your pants... It's almost, this is a stretch, but it's almost on the same frequency. Meaning if you're with people and they don't want to talk about what are we doing here, chances are they probably don't want to talk about the last time they like threw up or thought they were going to die or saw a ghost. It's all the same. It's all like, can we stop the, the show for a second and stop just talking about pants and sports teams and the last great sandwich you had and just be like, when's the last time you ate a great sandwich, digested it, and it slipped out without your command? Because if you want to talk about that stuff, chances are you won't be like freaked out if I'm like, you ever seen a UFO? Yeah, I guess it's vulnerability and just honesty. And and openness. Openness. Look, I have so many mosquito bites. I've been, I was actually thinking about when I was a kid, I'm covered. In, in mosquito bites, I would, I've developed a system where I would push my thumbnail into the mosquito bite three ways from bottom to top and then five ways from left to right. And I was like, I've done it. There's not, there's nary, there's barely a part of that mosquito bite that hasn't been satiated by the press of a thumbnail. Did you do that too? I just, I would, you're just helping me remember that I would press it with my thumbnail, I think just like once or twice, like halfway through and well, make there's like a, few, a cross Some people do an X. Yeah. But why, why did you do it to, to keep it from itching? Yeah. I think I just did it because it looked cool. <laughs> I also did it because it looked cool. Um, I love scratching bug bites. I love it. Like, I don't like having bug bites. But it is just one of the best. Excuse me, <laughs> I just like was drooling. It's one of the best. You're just so into I'm scratching. Just so my into bite. it. Um, one of the best feelings of life. Well, scratching we- an itch. That's what we're all doing. It's just in different ways. Scratching itches. Mm-hmm. Ugh, God, I hope you're wrong. <laughs> uh, oh God, sorry. We're disgusting today. Are we? I think so. I think we might be gross. Oh my God! Do you think we're gross? <laughs> Wait, it's like, okay. a, it's like a New Yorker caption, but what's the drawing? Mm. It's like it's like flies on a piece of sh- uh, log of shit. <laughs> That's good, <laughs> but I don't think you could draw a log of shit. It would be hard to do. Well, we here's Maybe something fun. Val and I went. We're in uh, Cancun, Mexico. We're leaving. We're, when you hear this, we'll have left most likely uh, because we're out of here, and it's been a great trip. And one of the highlights of the trip was that we went and swam with something I didn't even know was a thing. T.T. Whitebird presents <laughs> the whale shark? Question mark? Yeah, you, you guys know about whale sharks? <laughs> I certainly didn't know about whale sharks. And our whale shark tour guide, oh my mm. God, Valerie. How are we talking about anything, anything else? else? How are we just riffing on shitting? When we could be telling every precious detail oh, of this tour. My God, I let's don't start, know. Let's just start at the start. And let's you just know start what? at the start. We haven't even really been able to. We haven't fully because we're constantly it. with the baby, and and just as it is on vacation, or so it is in our regular life. It's the same on vacation. We don't always have. This is our time. Is yes. what I'm saying. Yeah. So we 
decided to go and see whale sharks because if you could swim with the largest fish, it's not a fish, it's, it's not, not a, a shark, it's, it's not, not a, a whale. Uh, <laughs> I, I love that sort of stuff. We, we've been privileged enough to swim with sharks on other occasions and we we're like, that was the best part of our other trip. Yeah. Let's do it again on this trip. So we have to get up at like 5.30 in the morning. Uh-huh. We get downstairs uh, and we are picked up by a man. At, at 6.10. 6.10 was our pickup and a man named Pepe. Yep. Who was wonderful. Yep. Uh, picked us up. And he, we get in the van and we're going to go to other hotels and pick up other people. In the van, fun detail numero uno, he is blasting. Blasting. Like blasting. as soon as we now, get Now it goes back to what we were talking about. Loud music in the morning. That's it. it That's why it was fresh six, in my brain. Because I was thinking about how Nick Kroll, famously to me, gave me shit for being loud in the morning mm. and used to say, you can't laugh in the car. Mm-hmm. It's too early. You can't laugh in the car. And I bad. used to be even louder than I am. And I thought of that because this was the loudest morning I've ever had. It's 6 a.m. And I'm looking at the driver who does not have the same frequency feeling as, as Pepe. Mm-mm. Pepe is sort of like a athletic, like a t- high energy, tiny, uh, fun, high energy guy. Yeah. He is blasting not just Britney Spears. That would be weird. Yeah. He's blasting a Britney Spears live album. Yep. And it seems, I thought it was like her Las Vegas show. But he it, said it was from 2002 or something. Yeah. But he, it, I think and he it, liked that. He told us all about Britney, that apparently Britney Spears doesn't sing anymore, that there's someone else who sings on her records. Well, for two of the albums, when she like quit. Well, after she quit. Yeah. But, but also that her live shows that she was like singing and they were like syncing it to a track. Yes, yeah. Was singing and a track. Mm-hmm. And then he, so he, like a real Britney fan, uh-huh. was going to 2003 because that's when she was actually singing. Yep. Val and I are just sitting there going like, just listen to the studio version. Like, yes, the why? live version doesn't, it's not good. It's and he, not and good. he was playing good. like the cheering, and there's like large sections where she's clearly just dancing and she's just like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> and she sounds kind of winded, like, and it's 6 a.m. and we're sitting in a van for 12 and it's just us and Pepe's dancing and banging on the ceiling. Banging on the ceiling. And playing. It's not good. It, it wasn't sounds good. Like, it sounds like, like a musical orchestra. Yeah. Like there's like an electric guitar. It's like... Yes. It sounds like... Oh, what is that, that orchestra that's like... Um, oh, God. Stomp? It sounds no. like stomp. Yeah, it sounded like stomp. <laughs> and the one that's like, the, it was like an orchestra that would be, that would also have like a rockin' electric guitar. Uh, I'm sure there are listeners who know exactly what I'm trying to think of. And I, I wish I did. But, anyway, but you mean yes. like a full string orchestra and rockin' guitars? Yeah, and it was just something like, that might be they on had PBS. like a really popular version <laughs> of like the Nutcracker or something. Sure. But that sounds way better than this. This sounds like we can only have 20 people in this pit 
and the guitar takes up the space of three people. Yeah, <laughs> and it like, really, it just, it, that's why it sound. I thought it was like a Las Vegas show because it sounded like that. It definitely sounded like Vegas, and that's not a compliment. Yes. It sounded like something that had you been there, it was almost as weird as the one time I got in the car, as I already told you, and with a waiter that I worked with at Bennigan's, and I got in his car and he was listening to a CD of him <laughs> singing karaoke. It was him. It took me a while to figure it out. I was just like hearing like, I don't want to close my eyes. I don't want to And at one point he went, I love you, baby. So he's like blackout drunk. That's fine. Karaoke blackout drunk. Go for it. Karaoke Blackout Drunk by the CD. This, and it's just a CDR. It's like a white Sony yeah, CD. of course. Go ahead. 20 bucks for that memory? Go ahead. But listening to it, Stone Cold Sober at 9 a.m.? In the car. In the car. With someone else there. With someone else there. Mm-hmm. This felt like that. Mm-hmm. And he well, was... Well, it was that. Because remember, he said that he like was going wanted to be a professional singer. This came up in the first 32 seconds. Yep. I wanted to be exactly. a professional singer, but my father was an accountant for musicians for and he and told he me told not him, to and I'm really grateful and I was like okay. But then the rest of the time in the car at least it was very clear that he wanted to sing for us and he wanted to sing Britney and he wanted to sing Lady Gaga. And he did. And he did. And then Val, I'm going to jump, I'm going to go a little out of order because he did put on Lady Gaga when the, when the van was full. Yes. And now there's 19 people feeling awkward. but, But do you remember the detail? Okay. So we, we have to stop to pick up other people in the group. And he, after everybody is in the group, everybody in the group is in the car. He's like, okay, this is our group. Here we go. And he turns up so loud. Lady Gaga's Enigma tour. Yes. And it and starts it's a play. with. It's a little play. It's a little play, but it starts with turn off your phones and all recording devices. And that's all you hear. And so the people who just got in the car don't even know that he's playing loud music. That's right. And and the sweet woman behind me, I heard her ask the person she was with, did you turn your phone off? Because she thought that was part of the tour. Of course. Because of course it she was did. An, it was a, a CD of a play <laughs> mimicking an announcement you might make at the beginning of a tour. <laughs> And he was playing it at the beginning of the tour. Yes. And it, and no, you shouldn't turn your phone off. Absolutely not. No. And then it has a plan. It's like, Enigma, Enigma, where are you? I know. And then it was like, it was- I'm here, Lady Gaga. I'm here. I'm always here. <laughs> where are you? I can't see you. Well, just because you can't see me doesn't mean I'm not around. But I'm afraid. This was a real line. I'm sorry, Enigma. I think when you came into my body, you took some of my heart. You're more human now, Enigma. I'm so sorry, Enigma. This is blaring in a van full of people turning their phones off. There's no music. It's just Lady Gaga talking to herself. Lady Gaga, I can't see you. Oh, Enigma. It's just, it's the sound of insanity. And it's us and a really lovely couple from Utah and then a six-person group, family from North North Carolina, Carolina, born and raised. And we were like, of everybody in here, 
we are the ones who like at least have some idea we, what's going on. We got ushered in with Brittany. We yeah. knew Pepe was kind of colorful and going to be doing some weird shit. Yes. They just like. And we and, know and, weirder people because we live in LA. So we're just like, it's weird. If it's weird to us, yeah. nobody knows what the fuck is happening. And Val and I were squeezing each other's legs so hard. Yeah, the just slow like, squeeze what to communicate. What is happening right now? Please, Enigma. And remember when she goes, and I love Lady Gaga, I do, but this, this was, especially if you're not at the show, this was just crazy. Where she's like, you could be before a you go, let me perform for you. <laughs> One last time. And didn't Enigma go like, as if it's someone else. I think Enigma went, well, that makes sense. I'll stick around for one more show and then the crowd goes like <laughs> and she's like then it, it, somehow they they got their way to this it was like because enigma i'm not mad at you and you're not mad at me cuz after all we were born this way <laughs> so there's like 22 minutes from my memory of like bad play and then Listen, Born This Way is a good, a good song. It's yes. not like my cup of tea, but it's a good song. It's a beautiful song. I, and I enjoyed it. But the live version... Yeah. I don't... Who is like... It's better because she's going, oh, Come on, everybody! Get those hands up! And you can hear... And you can feel yes. her exerting. Yes. And you can hear the background dancers. And she's kind of, kind of like... And she's cut. She's like... Not singing every word, she's letting them take That's over right. because she because has she to can't. take. Yeah, you can't. You but you can't see it. But you know, like a guitar with flames coming out of it is being lowered, and she's like positioning herself behind it in a way so as she's not burned, and that's why she's like, "But baby, baby, this way I was born this way, born this way." And the background also, like, born this way, born this way, born this way, born this way. Like, who is like? And also, this is the version you want. He is on his knees at this point, pounding on the the roof of the car and singing every time. Born this way. Like, That's right. Just like, That's right. At the top of his lungs, so loud. The loudest he could sing. I saw the veins in his neck. Yeah, he was going and for And he it. did it every time. It wasn't like he tried to show yeah. one time that he could do it. Yeah. He did it every time she does it. And right. she does it a lot, she at does. least in the live version. <laughs> <laughs> and we're like, um, how, when do I get to swim with Majestic Fish? And what's funny, so the couple from Utah, uh, I, I won't say their names in case they're private people, but they were wonderful. We love them. And we were talking to them. We were yeah. having like a great conversation about our kids. And then it was like, enigma, enigma. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you? I can't see you. And I'm like, so how old is your... Well, enigma. <laughs> <laughs> and then the, the wonderful uh, people from North Carolina, we were talking to them too. We were having like a hoot. Yeah. It wasn't like dead in the van. It didn't need like pepping up per se. Yeah. 
Then we get there. Is, are there any details worth mentioning there? So then we get there. Oh, well, the, there was the food thing. So I will like, say that there, he, he kept going like, okay, you're going to swim with whale sharks. It's a workout. It's yes. a workout. It's a workout. So like, and it's an hour and a half on a boat to get a, to the whale sharks. That's right. And, and then, I'm, I'm just so big. Yeah. I'm just a giant person. And he said, so when you get to the breakfast, like... Eat up, guys. Eat up at the breakfast. Yeah. And I'm like, whatever the fuck this breakfast is, I'm going to eat up. Yeah. And it was this, like, covered off area outside. And there was, like, I, I'm not even exaggerating, a plate, two plates the size of a pizza box. Yeah. One of the pizza box plates had fruit on it. One of them had, like, tiny little pastries. Yes. And and you couldn't serve yourself because of cocoa. And I, so you had to go up and be like, can I, can I have more? And another, and another. I, <laughs> and like I was, so you. there was like a shame element. Yeah. And I felt like the food was running out. So I'm eating like two pieces of little watermelon and like two little croissants. By the way, this is all fine. Yeah. This is just like, I'm not saying the tour was bad or like no, not great. prepared, but I'm a shame person. So I can't be like. Give me 13 pastries. Yeah. But I'm terrified that I'm going to run out of energy, but that's just my dumb food stuff. Well, yeah, but there is like a, so uh, yeah, there's just like a very weird, it is why it's an adventure is it's so, it. Well, you're completely out of control. You're completely in the hands of somebody else. And as we were going deeper to, into the open ocean where you can't see any land, we're like an hour and a half from the nearest land, I really was like, this is, this is risky. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is, and it's not really like they have boats and they have communication and stuff, well, but you're just like, it is risky. there's something that feels very unnatural about it. Just being in like a speed boat. Yeah, uh, going into absolute 360 blue water. Yeah. Further and further and further, you're going 90. And after an hour... The motor died. The motor died. So this is the it fun. Died. This was a really fun the part. Boat of the boat broke. I know because we, our friends from Utah, we were making jokes because they said don't. They gave us bananas, but then they said eat it before you get on the boat because it's bad luck to have bananas on the boat, and that's like a captain superstition. And the the guy from Utah who we were friends with and loved was like, that's ridiculous. Like, I don't believe bring. in superstition. And he put bananas in his bag, and we were like, if something happens, I kept calling we're him Mister Bananas. You. I was like, all right, Mister Banana, Banana Boy, Banana Boy. I call like, him Banana Boy. He again, so good natured. Oh and yeah, I, it was fun. If I'm being honest, I was like, yeah, who cares? It's two bananas. He yeah. also, he was very athletic, and I think he was planning on ripping ass. Is that a term? <laughs> I don't know. I think it means farting. <laughs> I mean, like, really exerting and, like, chasing those whale sharks. Yeah. With muscles I don't ripping have. Ass. So just totally ripping ass. So I think he wanted to have some carbohydrates. I yeah. think that's what fit people do. Yeah. And, but he did have secret bananas in, in his, in his in banana his bag. bag. And, like, 45 minutes into being in the deep blue ocean... Uh, he, the, bo- the, the boat died, died and, and we had to get another boat. And he was like, I regret bringing the bananas. <laughs> so sorry. And Val looks at me and goes, I a hundred percent think it's the bananas. <laughs> I really do. You did. I'm and you so, do. You still do. I still I understand do. at sea believing it was the bananas. Cause when you're at sea, like you believe different things. But this is what I said. <laughs> I was like, it's not, I'm not even very superstitious. I mean, I definitely believe in like ma- magic and that there are, 
uh, forces at play that we don't understand. But like, I'm, that doesn't come out in superstition most of the time. Yeah. But what I said was, and I was, la- I was like enjoying how much I really believed that it was because he put the bananas on the boat. But that, you know what Be- I thought? Okay. Oh. Okay. But. But I was like, the reason I gave you was I was like, the ocean is a witchy woman. Like, who who are we to say? We're on her. She says no bananas. Yeah, she's she's mad. The ocean is magic. What I thought in that moment was there's so many other nautical superstitions that I don't think we were honoring. One, don't listen to live Lady Gaga on the way there. (laughs) Two, I think you're supposed to board a boat with your left foot. Oh really? And nobody gave us shit about that. Well, maybe different different things for different seas, you know? Yeah, maybe this sea. What's this is the Atlantic, right? No, this is the, the Caribbean. The oh, I'm we, such a dingus. That's okay. We, I just thought it was the Atlantic. I'm a dingus. We went to the Caribbean and we went to where the Caribbean and the Gulf of Mexico meet. Which is so the where Caribbean whale is sharks warm the gulf of mexico is cold and that's what whale sharks love and there were pockets of cold and pockets of warm yeah i noticed because i kept thinking everybody on the boat was peeing (laughs) when we were not on the boat but like everybody speaking of which we all had to pee and then you jump in the water with whale sharks with snorkels on and like it's so exciting every jump you would forget to pee yeah because you you also have to the boat and you're like fuck i still have to pee you jump in the water and so we finally made it there. I was super seasick by that time and so tired. I didn't sleep well and I had to take Dramamine. Uh, but I knew as soon as I got in the ocean and saw a whale shark, it, none of it would matter. And that was true. Uh, and like, so you jump in the water and it is intense. It's like you sit on the side well, and they go, couple two, go, go, go. It's and like you, skydiving, yeah. I, which it doesn't really need to be. But I want to <laughs> say beforehand... These, you know how like it's a cliche that sharks swim with a fin above the water. Yeah, these sharks are swimming. Yeah, and they're not sharks, but they have their fin out of the water, so you can see them. That's how you find. And them, the boat yeah. will go up next to it, mm-hmm. keeping pace with it, and that's when they throw you out. They go jump. They're basically not onto it, mm-hmm. but you're jumping down so that you can start matching pace with the shark, which sounds impossible. Yeah, but the first time uh, Val and I dropped in. To describe it, it's like picture a shark, Mm -hmm. uh, take all its teeth out. So you said it looks like a grandpa. Yeah, it's so cute. It's almost like an oven mitt. It's like a swimming oven mitt (laughs) with like a tail and a fin. Yeah. It really looks like an oven. Their mouth is huge. Their mouth is enormous. But there's no teeth, and so it looks really sweet and friendly. And it's just like kind of inhaling water for the algae content. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it's still... To see a mouth that could eat me, no problem. Yeah. We drop in, and the first thing we both see with our, you know, our masks on, so we're seeing it very clearly, is just a mouth. Like a, a huge, huge mouth, right, like facing us. Like coming for us, basically. <laughs> yeah. We went in, and there it was. It was it was no problem to get out of the way. There was no real danger. Yeah. But it was a real crash course into what a whale shark is. Yeah. And then we, we did it two or three times, and we got better at it. And there was a couple points where we were just, Val was on one side of this thing. It's the size of a submarine or something. Yeah. Not, not a, like a little submarine, like mm-hmm. the one in Titanic, mm-hmm. where they go, there she is, boys. <laughs> the crown of the Atlantic. 
fuck, this isn't the Atlantic? <laughs> this is the Caribbean? <laughs> Everyone's going to know I'm a dingus. <laughs> Why do I talk like this in every movie? <laughs> because cool was cool. Yeah, That's and there was no shame in trying there was to no, be cool. This is my, I've never been able to make it work on stage, but Bill Pullman or Bill Paxton? Pa- uh, Bill Paxton. Bill Paxton and Richard Gere and so many others in the 90s, it was okay to try to be cool. Mm-hmm. Sunglasses on the tip of your nose, leaning on a Ferrari, <laughs> waiting for your date to come out, and you're just leaning there and it's running and it's playing like Boy George, and you're just like, <laughs> Let's go for a ride. Yeah, let's the, roll. I used to have a bit about that because quiet is cool. Mm-hmm. It's an alpha thing to be like, I'm so important, I don't have to talk. <laughs> it also doesn't give away your position. Yeah. And if you we're in the jungle seem- and I'm like, let's go get those apples. But it, like, what's a dork? Let's go get those apples, you guys. It's like you're giving away our position. We're going to get eaten by wolves. Oh, I see. You know see. what I'm saying? Yeah. So I also, quiet is cool. Raspy is cool. Raspy I, means I have an infection, but I'm still functioning. I swear to God. It's like, hey, how's it going? Smoking is I'm carcinogens and I'm still functioning. Alcohol, I'm drinking carcinogens and I'm still functioning. Like your ability to withstand disease and still be erect standing yeah. up is... Genetic posturing, and that's why a cool person was like, "Hey, let's go down there." Yeah, and I swear that's why like Denzel will like cough and stuff. He's like, yeah, all right, you know, he's like <laughs> doing stuff like I swear they're always coughing and they're always eating. Yeah, because eating is a vulnerable position. It's like if, when you're eating, you need another animal to watch you, but not the alpha. The alpha will eat and be like, "I don't care if something pounces on me. I'm the goddamn alpha." Yeah. This is why Brad Pitt's always eating. Also, why you it get looks to see cool. their jaw, and you get to see them <laughs> gnawing. What a fucking power move to gnaw something mm-hmm. to a paste and swallow it in front of someone. Mm-hmm. Be like, you know, if you don't play your cards right, this could be yo ass, <laughs> yo ass, yo ass. <laughs> T.T. Whitebird's dirty, shitty ass. Oh, my God. What were you going to say? I went on a real tear there. Well, one more thing about, like, the quietest cool thing. I remember, I think what the main thing for me behind that is that if, if, like, I was always attracted to, like, like, quiet men because I think I could project whatever I wanted them to be onto it and just assume that they're really, they're probably like really smart and funny and cool, but they just like, don't feel like they have to show me Valerie. And like, that's this is almost the, never the this case. This is the great secret mm-hmm. of tall, dark and handsome, the quiet tall. I feel like tall, dark and handsome sort of implies quiet. Yeah. I don't know why. Yeah. But like I think a lot of dudes and girls have figured out, Everyone, what they see is just their insides being projected. So if I'm a blank slate and they want someone who's funny and and smart or this Mm -hmm. or that, they'll just project it onto me. It's one of the most brilliant moves of all time. Yeah. I remember the boy that I had a crush on throughout all of high school was like very quiet and he played the guitar. So he had like the, the like rocker mysterious thing and he had long hair and like I just thought he he must be like really deep and really smart. And then senior year we did history of rock and roll, which he was in. He was in a Cream cover band called Sour Cream. Shout out to Sour Cream. I think they might still be a band. I don't know. Um, and but if you're a Cream cover band called Sour Cream, isn't it like we do Cream songs but like badly? <laughs> 
Like, this <laughs> cream's gone sour? Maybe it's, like, self-deprecating. I don't know. He's really deep and smart. Or is so it, like, <laughs> sour diesel? Like, this is good weed. <laughs> yeah, probably. Well, it was okay. Humboldt, All so right. probably. Anyway, and he um, he was he was very, like, he's a great, great person. Just in case, like, anybody who knows him is listening, he is a great person. But we did History of Rock and Roll, and, like, he sat next to me and wanted to copy off of me all of the time and I was like wait a minute this is your subject and you don't even know anything about it like wait you took the class history of rock and roll yeah and he was in it with me and wanted to copy me can we just pause I know how he felt whenever there was a class that was about something I liked yeah if we're being honest when you're young you kind of think like there's a chance this class is just like Listening to rock, yeah, like fucking fucking off, playing <laughs> rock, yeah. People asking you who are your favorite rockers, mm-hmm. and then you get there and they're like, "There's no Aerosmith without Nat King Cole," and That's, you're like, "That Fuck was it." Oh, we learned about like Stax and Motown and like yeah, you. No, did I think learn- that stuff's interesting now. By yeah. the way, but yeah. as a kid, if there's like the history of magic. Mm-hmm. You don't want to learn about a guy named T.T. Whitebird. <laughs> Shit his pants all the time. And We're that back. was his trick. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, my pants are empty. Can you confirm, <laughs> madam, that my pants are empty? Go ahead and open them up and look at my bare ass and confirm to the crowd that there is nothing in my pants. <laughs> Everyone has seen. Everyone has seen that my trousers are completely empty. Dim the lights, please. As you can see, there is nothing up my sleeves. There is nothing on my person. Give me one moment and say the magic word. Come on, TT, you can do it. I shouldn't have all that cheese. Oh my god. Abracadabra! Abracadabra. Abracadabra. Look in my trousers. The same trousers that I've been in your plain view this whole time. Ta-dum. Ta-dum. Valerie, you are a treasure. Ta-dum. <laughs> See, podcasts are the the dumping ground of bits. Good bits. Good Honest American hardworking bits. Are they? That, no, what I'm saying is you couldn't do that on stage. It would no. be so stupid. Yes. That there's certain jokes that are like precious birds that only breathe hydrogen and they have baby little bones and they, if they land once they die, they're so fragile. They're made out of wet paper mache and they could be blown away and they can only exist. In the moment that they're, they're being created. Yeah. And that was what to dump is. <laughs> because to dump, I mean, we were both there kind of like looking for crap, crap a cadabra. Yeah. Fine. Uh-huh. But when we all kind of saw the, the stage volunteer pulling open T.T. Whitebird in his new incarnation as a magician. Mm-hmm. Looking at the, the hefty dump in his trousers. <laughs> that's all funny. But then he, he is it? <laughs> That's all perfect. And, and then, then you say, on that. to dump. But see, here's the thing. To dump. This is how. 
Ta-da! <laughs> I mean, it's, is, I'm speechless. But this is this is the thing. You always say that I'm thirty percent funnier, and and I appreciate that. But the secret is that you just keep talking, and you have no problem like working it out out loud. Right. And it gives me ample time to just sit here and think of the better joke. <laughs> well, for sure. No, that's that's. So you I really understand. take one for the team. No, I do think you're thirty percent funnier and I, I think the um, but I, I'm, to compliment myself I know on this stupid joke but jokes <laughs> in general the 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 kind of courage into the dark of yes. like I don't care if this is stupid let's yes, see what happens it's beautiful is an important part of any to dump joke and I wouldn't be able to to dump if you didn't first ab- I think you said abracadabra or no you, you didn't even say dump Oh, I didn't. I said abracadabra. Yeah, I don't know. But then you, I don't know. You'll have to play it back. And you know what? I think they will. I think (laughs) think at some point this will be taught in the history of comedy (laughs) class. This little lecture I gave will be like, some jokes are only funny the first time you thought of them. (laughs) But then what's so funny, I I really believe this, for the rest of my life, if someone says to dump to us, Mm -hmm. we'll laugh. Yeah. So hard. Yeah. So the joke was good. Yes. There's just like, we have too many filters, too many judgment mechanisms to allow us to like that joke if we know that the performer, this is what he polished or she polished at home. Oh, yeah. Like, what a joke. Uh Uh-huh. But if it was just on a podcast, welcome to the To Dump podcast. (laughs) Um, Okay, we're still talking whale sharks. Yeah, we did. We got to swim on either side of the whale shark. It was incredible. And look in its eye, and I was like, I, and this is when we shift into our second flavor, the spiritual flavor. No. <laughs> yeah. But I was in the consciousness of a whale shark, mm-hmm. and a whale shark was in my consciousness. And at one point, it you're not supposed to touch him, and I, I didn't, but it flapped its enormous tail yeah. and hit me. And I was like, I just got hit by something that like, Point zero 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 one percent of the population of all time has ever touched. Yeah. It was insane. I know. It was I really know. cool. It was so cool. There's. I know it's not whales, but like it's a very big fish. Maybe that was the Jonah fish. It had a mouth big enough for it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was just thinking about that. But I really like. There's something so spiritual about whales to me. Like it, usually when I'm at a crossroads in my life. I'll have a whale dream. Yeah. Uh, I had a lot of whale dreams when I was pregnant and this was very similar to a whale and it's, it just is like, and I, we've seen whales in Laguna like paddle boarding and it's just, it's like a transcendent experience every time. Well, it, it takes the human being out of the center of the universe yeah, where you just go right. like, what? Mm-hmm. These are out there. Yeah, I know. And there's so much magic out there and I'm just like, I feel weird today. Why do I feel weird? How do I feel better? Yeah. How do I, and you just get in that like loop yeah. of thinking about nothing. And then it's like, and I, actually that's what I appreciate about our Apple TV is I, there have been so many moments where we're sitting on our couch and just like talking oh, about yeah. the same old shit. And then yeah. you look the screensaver and the screensaver the is TV. showing like beautiful footage of whales. Whale. And yeah. you're like, 
what the fuck am I even talking about? Yeah. Who gives a shit? And I think that's the world Leela lives in most of the time. Mm. Like her feelings are an interesting phenomenon and her thoughts, but they're not the, the, the star only. of the show just yeah. yet. Yeah. And that's why she wants to jump in muddy puddles or play in the sand. Like mm. the world is still as it should be. What was the Mary Oliver co- quote? Jack Cornfield just posted it. It's like, our main job is to pay attention. It's like our, yeah. our she says it obviously more poetically than I could than find that. it. And also Tara Brock says like the most loving at, or to love something is to pay attention to it. I would agree with that. And I, I mean, that's also Mirror by Star's whole thing is finding God in the ordinary, basically. Yeah. Like finding the holy. And it's pl- there's plenty there. There sure is. Um, Jet, you said Jack Cornfield posted it. I yeah, I don't know exactly how she words it. It's really good. It'll be worth it. Oh, it's, it's to pay attention. To pay attention. This is our endless and proper work. Isn't that good? Yeah, it's a it's an excerpt of a of yes no, which I don't remember. Oh, that's that can be what we read. Yeah, I was gonna. Well, there's another poem that I was gonna read too yeah, that a, that a fan recommended. I don't know if this is appropriate. I was just going to read... I was reading the the couple pages on hell in the Universal Christ, which I just... Whenever somebody, like, breaks down kind of what's going on when human beings just need to believe in hell, uh, I always want to share it because I know a lot of formerly religious people have a lot of trauma about that. Should I read some of it? Yes, please. Okay. Uh, this is from the Universal Christ, which is... I mean, it may very well be my favorite book of all time, and it's by Richard Rohr, and I'm reading this in full awareness that 10 minutes ago we were saying, to dump. Uh, This is page 180, then what about hell? Val's looking at her phone, or she would have graciously laughed at my joke. Sorry, I was reading this poem. It's okay. One of our biggest roadblocks to this healthy understanding of the cross and resurrection is the prevailing notion of God the Father as Punisher-in-Chief. He's funny. Yeah, he's funny. Punisher-in-Chief. Yeah. An angry deity who co-signs sinners to eternal torment and torture instead of as the one who is life itself. I mean, I could just stop there. I know. That's how I feel about this book. I know. If you look at my copy of The Universal Christ, every two pages I folded down the book because that's where I stopped. Mm -hmm. Because really what you should do is just stop and read that again and then shut the fuck up for a few hours and just think about it. But instead of Punisher-in-Chief, instead of as the one who is life itself. I know there's a lot of religious language here, but just know that when I think we're Richie and me and everybody and Val, we're talking about God as a metaphor for the mystery of existence. So I hope it doesn't turn you off too much because there's some really good stuff here. This idea originates in some misinterpreted misinterpreted scriptures, largely in the gospel by Matthew, who likes to end with threats, (laughs) and also from a phrase in the Apostles' Creed that says Jesus, quote, descended into hell, end quote. So surely there must be one. He went there to liberate it and undo it like he did the temple, but very few people read it that way. That's parenthetical. (laughs) Many of us were taught a version of God as tormentor when we were small, impressionable children, and it got deposited in the lowest part of our brain stems, like all traumatic injuries do. Mm. Richie Rohr, mm-hmm. karate kicking through boards. Mm-hmm. So it is hard to talk about hell calmly or intelligently with most people who have been Christians from childhood. Mm. Right? Yes. Mm-hmm. True. 
the language of descent into hell, I'm actually going to skip this. Well, I won't skip it. It's short. The language of descent into hell emerges emerges from two very obscure passages in the New Testament. In 1 Peter 3, we read that Jesus, quote, went and made a proclamation to the spirits in prison, end quote. And Ephesians 4 speaks of him descending, quote, into the lower regions. Wow. That's all we have. Wow. And we turn that into, into descended into hell. Very weird. Uh, again, Richie earlier in the book says hell isn't a physical location, but a very real state of being. Mm-hmm. In both cases, the descriptions bear less resemblance to Dante's punitive inferno than they do the broadly used ancient terms for the place of the dead, like Hades, Sheol, Gehenna, prison, among the shades, or even some notions of limbo. But Dante's version uh, became the dominant one, forming our Western mind more than any other, even those described in the Bible itself. Depictions of hell became staples in church art, embellishing the entrances of most Gothic cathedrals and even providing the full backdrop to the Sistine Chapel. When the message of a punishing God is so visible, dualistic, and frightening, how do you ever undo it, no matter how consoling your sermons and liturgies might be? Even worse, the many evangelical songs about the wrath of God, along with fire and brimstone sermons, often did nothing but reinforce fear of God over trust in or love of God. If you, this is in italics. If you are frightened into God, it is never the true God that you meet. If you are loved into God, mm. you meet a God worthy of both Jesus and Christ. Mm. How you get there is where you arrive. Like, mm. mic drop. Mm. Mic drop. Mm-hmm. Um, Beautiful. I might skip that. I mean, there, it, it goes you on. Can't, there's no stopping place. <laughs> there's no stopping place. I, I, let me read this. Desert fathers and mothers of the first centuries of Christianity, so the very first Christians, offered a common response when confronted with the notion of God who eternally eternally punishes his enemies or the possibility that any of us could experience happiness in heaven while others we knew and loved were being tortured nonstop in hell. Mm. Some of them said, without indulging in any theological gymnastics, quote, love could not bear that. Just the best. Just the best. I, uh, and this is the last one I want to read. Years ago, when I was a young priest speaking at a Catholic men's prayer breakfast in Cincinnati, I said, what if the gospel is actually offering us a win-win scenario? A well-dressed businessman came up to me at the break and said in a rather, in a very patronizing tone while drumming his fingers on the podium, father, father, win-win? That, that would not even be interesting. Perhaps he was just being consistent as one whose entire worldview had been formed by sports, business deals, and American politics instead of the gospel. But over the years, I have come to see that he is the norm. The systems of this world are inherently argumentative, competitive, dualistic, based on a scarcity model of God, mercy, and grace. They confuse retribution, which is often little more than crass vengeance, with the biblically evolved notions of healing, forgiveness, and divine mercy. Mm. He just goes on and on to say, like, the human psyche can't accept endless, infinite love and mercy. It just can't. We want winners and losers. We Mm. want in and out. We need it. We crave this, like, sense of justice, which, of course, I can relate to the need for, like, justice and punishment. I'm a human being. And he's like... 
The human imagination can't handle it. So don't try. Leave it to the divine imagination. Mm. Trust the divine imagination. Mm. He, I mean, the universal Christ is, is unbelievable. And, and trust me, it goes on way longer than that. But whenever I read something about hell, that for those latent fears that people listening might still have, mm-hmm. I like sharing it. Yeah, I love that. Thank you. That's beautiful. Also, this is like a different thing, but will you say the Ramana Maharshi thing that you told me last night at dinner? Yeah, but that was on that was on Instagram too. Isn't it funny how I, I do give Instagram a lot of shit and then every once in a while I do recommend following hashtags like oh. hashtag Ramdas, hashtag Muji, hashtag You can Ramana. also just follow Ramdas and Muji and they're Yeah, but often the stuff that where are my likes? Were the things that I liked? I don't think you get to see those. Really? You have to, yeah. No, you don't see that. Really? Yeah, you have to remember who posted it. But it was the hashtag. I think you can archive things. Ramakrishna. Um, because we've been talking, this quote has to do with um, devotion. So we've been kind of talking about non dualism. You know, non-duality and devotion and how they um, can work together and how they're often pitted against each other. And that's what a lot of Mirabai Starr's book, Wild Mercy, that I keep recommending is about. Um, And she's kind of proposing that, like, pure non-duality, only non-duality is more masculine and devotion is more feminine and, and it's devotion, which implies duality, right? There's like a separate form, a separate being that you are devoted to, which is why people who are really into non-duality can sometimes think devotion is, is bullshit because that implies separation. But she makes a great argument that devotion is a, is the feminine way Um, of getting to non-duality because you love this thing so intensely that it unlocks pure love in your, in your heart and in your being. And then all of the, from that place of love, all of the, um, the boundaries between you and that form dissolve and you see that you are that love and it is that love and everything is that love. As with your laugh to my dumb joke, uh, I would have been mm-hmm-ing more. Oh yeah. No, I'm um, happy to, cause you're looking for the thing, but I feel like you described it so beautifully. I'll just, I, I think I'm just going to have to without say it. it. It's like, you can realize, are you okay? Yeah. I just, I did the thing that I do. I hit bon- my tooth. Bon- always, whenever I'm drinking from glass bottles, I hit my tooth, like, very hard. <laughs> I feel like us describing the sharks was hard for some people, and that one, uh, that was hard for me. The thought of tooth pain is uh, mm. unpleasant for me. Yeah. Uh, well, it's basically, you can realize God, like, wake up by thinking of God as a being, or as thinking of uh, the mystery as, as formless. Mm-hmm. And he's like, eating cake with ice cream is sweet whether you eat it straight on or sideways. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I, I love it. You're eating cake. You're yeah. you're seeking truth earnestly and beautifully. Yeah. One way is just eating it on its side and one way is eating it top to bottom. Yes, I love that. Lovely. Beautiful. 
Um, Should we get out? Yeah, I'll read, since we have two poems, I'll read both. Um, The second one is shorter, so I'm going to read the Mary Oliver one. And I have not read this, I don't think. And I'm looking at the spacing, and it's weird. So I'm going to do my best, but I might fumble over it a little bit. This is the poem that Jack's quote was from oh and then i'll read i'll read another one that a fan recommended which i have to look up who who recommended it well this was a silly billy yeah i'm really glad we did it like light and silly this is light silly and sort of vacation mode but we're always happy to check in yeah it's a no deep thoughts episode oh well there's some deep thoughts but one or two it was pretty light tt whitebird was and uh (laughs) tt whitebird abracadabra abracadabra I can't say it. To dump. <laughs> to dump. And, uh... Crap-a-cadabra. And also, <laughs> Lady Gaga. I mean, we didn't even get to the part where on the ride home he sang a mariachi song. Oh, yes. And there was a part where we had to sing... Like, Mexico. And go, Mexico. Mexico. And we'll all be like, Mexico. <laughs> we are so lame. <laughs> it's a bunch of lame we white so people. Lame. And you did the best. You were so sweet. You would sing it really loud. You were, like, trying to Give be it on some board gusto. with them. But... Yeah, it was uncomfortable for everyone. And uh, that oh, being and said, I do want to say we love the tour. We love Pepe. He was informational. What do I mean by that? He informative, gave us informative, yeah. entertaining, wonderful, took amazing photos, knew so much, took good care of us. The boat broke down, but they replaced the boat almost immediately. Yeah. We have no complaints. Thank you, Pepe. I'm not just saying that. It was incredible. In case you or your company hear this, we loved it. We would do it again. And we recommend it. Yeah, definitely. If you are in this area, go and swim with whale sharks. Just know you're going to hear some live Lady Gaga. That's it. (laughs) Okay. Here we go. This is called Yes, No by Mary Oliver. There's exclamation points. Oh, my God. How necessary it is to have opinions. I think the spotted trout lilies are satisfied, standing a few inches above the earth. I think serenity is not something you just find in the world, like a plum tree holding up its white white petals. The violets along the river are opening their blue faces like small dark lanterns. The green mosses, being so many, are as good as brawny. How important it is to walk along, not in haste, but slowly, looking at everything and calling out, yes, no. The swan, for all its pomp, his robes of grass and petals, wants only to be allowed to live on the nameless pond. The cat briar uh, is without fault. The water thrushes down among the sloppy rocks are going crazy with happiness. Imagination is better than a sharp instrument. To pay attention, this is our endless and proper work. Hmm. Thank you, Mary. I like that. It's sort of went a place I wasn't expecting. I know, me too. It was very like, we should go around and be like, yes, no, yes, no. I know, I kind of thought she was going to make the opposite point, too. <laughs> I can see why the excerpt. <laughs> yeah, I can see why the excerpt. Um, okay, so... It was still lovely. It was still lovely, absolutely. And this poem 
Um, I just really want to find who recommended this to us. Nope. Okay. So this is um, from Kristen. Thank you, Kristen, for recommending The Orange by Wendy Cope. And this is a sweet little poem, and it really goes with the finding the holiness and everything. So The Orange by Wendy Cope. At lunchtime, I bought a huge orange. The size of it made us all laugh. I peeled it and shared it with Robert and Dave. They got quarters and I got a half. And that orange, it made me so happy. Just, oh, sorry. And that orange, it made me so happy, as ordinary things often do. Just lately, the shopping, a walk in the park, This is peace and contentment. It's new. The rest of the day was quite easy. I did all the jobs on my list and enjoyed them and had some time over. I love you. I'm glad I exist. Oh, (laughs) that was really good. Isn't that beautiful? I love that. My oh sounds so stupid in comparison to how beautiful that poem was. Oh, no. But I loved it. Thank you, Kristen. And and you guys, some of you have been doing this, and I'm sorry for the ones that I've missed, but yeah, if you love, if you find poems that you love that you want us to read, that's I think that's a beautiful way to... I think it's easier to send include. them to Val because I just look through my messages and it, it's just inevitable that I'm going to read some that I'm like, oh, come on, why are you doing that? Like, oh. just a few stinkers. Yeah, I never get stinkers. Thank you guys for only sending me love. <laughs> Yeah, no, I get 99% good stuff, but then, like, a stinker sort of took me out of this one a little bit, to be honest. Mm. But, um, so send the poems to Val. Yeah. I also just get so many many more messages. Um, thanks, everybody. When the next podcast will be back Back home. home. We're excited to be back, and Mm. we're glad we got to share two vacation podcasts with y'all. Yeah. All right. Wait, wait. Enigma. Uh, enigma. <laughs> Keep it crispy, Enigma. <laughs> Keep it crispy. Enigma signing off. Turn your phone back on. <laughs> Keep, Keep it crispy. crispy.